This is by Welcome to episode 116 of Texting, hosted by myself, Justin Vincent, and Jason Roberts. On today's show, we're talking to Michael Slewinski, founder of Nosby, a web-based time and project management app. So, um, Michael, thanks so much for coming on the show. Um, you uh, came to us by the recommendation of one of our listeners, Ag- Alex Aguilar, who said he's been using uh, Nosby since uh, it was first released, I guess, about four years ago. And he says Nosby and Pivotal Trucker are the only two apps that he pays for. So I figured it, you'd be uh, someone worth talking to. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. Uh, wow, it's, uh, it's great to have such, uh, such um, faithful users. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he sent me quite an email recommending you. Um, so, you know, I, I took a look at Nosby, and it sounds like, or just by looking at it, um, you're right in our sweet spot. You know, you're a, a web-based application that has real revenue and real customers, and it sounds like it's a great story. So why don't we get started by having you just tell us a little bit about what Nosby is and how you, uh, how you got going on it. So, um, um, well, it was, it was quite a long time ago when I started thinking about Nosby. It's, um, you know, I read this, this book, Getting Things Done by David Allen, and I just got inspired. And um, after reading the book, being a geek that I am, I just needed a tool to just, you know, get things done. And uh, it was back in 2005 at that time, and the, the, the Web 2.0 wasn't catching so quickly as 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 we as it's now. Mm-hmm. And um, I just figuring out that I couldn't find something you know that works for me and the way I work. I just you know built it myself just for me, and then kept it to myself, a selfish uh, in a selfish way. And then uh, when I realized that you know you can actually build a very cool web app with you know with all these AJAX things that you know it doesn't refresh the page and it's quite quite a similar desktop experience. I rebuilt it and you know launched it in two thousand seven and the GTD crowd uh, kind of liked it. Liked it. So uh, when you started working on this, I mean, was this something that you were just you had no intention of turning into a product that you were just going to throw together a few? Or something simple that you could play with? Is that, was that, or was it in the back of your mind that you could grow it into something bigger? No, no. For the first year, for the first year, I was just using it for myself, and I was happy using it. And then I didn't want to. I was an e-commerce consultant, and I was I, I had many customers and many many uh, um, many clients and lots of work. So I, I wanted to get organized. That's all I needed. But uh, when I just realized that it's a that's a cool tool that I actually you know that it actually brings value and being active in the GTD crowd, you know, uh, reading the blogs, reading, uh, being participating in the forums, I realized people actually need a very similar tool that I'm using. So then I thought, you know, if they need it, why well, I should just show them, show it to them, you know. Just as a side note, yeah. So you've you've made the transition from from consultancy to basically business owner. Is that am I correct in thinking that? Yes, that's that's correct. Uh, the first the first year, the first year, two thousand seven, when I launched Nosby, it was still a side project for me. So um, I was working on Nosby. Um, 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 in the evenings, uh, but after the first year of, of, of running Osby and, and getting some real revenue and um, lots of users, I decided. I mean, lots of users for me, and I mean for them for my standards. Let's say, I decided. You know, um, if if people love it and there is real real revenue, I should just focus on this. And actually, it, it was just 
more fun working on Nosby than working for customers. <laughs> how, how many users were there at that point where you flipped and, and how much revenue were you on at that point where you decided, okay, that's it? I mean, the revenue was, was, was already getting to a, quite a good salary for, 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 for one person and actually quite a good salary. And the, the, we had more than 10,000 users. So it was um, a situation when I thought, you know, uh, people are using it. And, they're, and the blogosphere caught, uh, caught up very quickly with, with uh, very good reviews. And when I, when I got the review of quoting Nosby as one of the best web apps of 2007, it was not only, um, it was not only you know, a, a nice thing to read, but also uh, lots of users uh, inspired by this review I started using Nosby. And because of the revenue and because of the new users, I decided you know, it's a good time to, to just make it a you know, full-time job. How did you get your first customers? Was it something you just submitted your app to be reviewed by some blogs or something? No, he's uh, sorry, sorry, but I think I think I already got the answer, which is you were already um, a member of a community. The G was it? What do you call that? The GTK. 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 Okay, okay. GTK so, community, so yes. you were on forums and you were involved in that community uh, quite actively. Yeah, it was. It was also a little bit by accident. There was a there, there was a blog which doesn't exist anymore. It was called whatsthenextaction.com. It was a very good blog at that time, and then over there there was a big thread about about the fact that many to do lists are just not good for GTT. And and I was I was participating in this thread, also you know developing Nosby on the side. And then at some point I just jumped in and said, you know, I've got this Nosby thing. I just launched. You know, just guys, let me know if this is something you can work with. And um, one of the bloggers who was participating also was a blogger from ZDNet. And when he blogged about Nosby on ZDNet, you know, it went, went like an avalanche. It just took off. You know, it's kind of interesting because we interviewed Amy Hoy recently, and or at least she was on a panel show. And she said one great way to come up with a product idea is to do anthropological research on user forums. So you go find some niche, you start reading the forums, you start participating, and you start understanding what their problems are and what it is that they want solved, what the pain points are, uh, so to speak. And that sounds like exactly what you did. So you did two things which are really interesting. One, you scratched your own itch and you, uh, you used information from a forum that you happen to be already a member of to find a, a product uh, idea, I guess. Yes, exactly. I mean, and the scratching my own itch was, was like the most important thing because actually, uh, initially, initially, I really built it just for myself and just the way I work. But uh, apparently, I'm not you know, alone with, with the same way to work. <laughs> there are many people who work very similar way. So, <laughs> Were you inspired by anyone else? I mean, I, this, your story is very similar to, say, the 37 Signal story, where they were a consulting company. They built a base camp to scratch their own itch, um, and they started letting some of their clients and uh, people they knew use it, and then it just grew. It was, was that a story that you were familiar with? Oh yes, oh yes. Thirty-seven signals are my gurus. So <laughs> right, okay, <laughs> okay. I actually, so, actually, I visited them in Chicago uh, last November just just to, to to meet them in person. So um, yeah, they're really some some people I look up to. Wait, so you visit me? Just like show up to their front door and say, "Hey, what's up?" Or <laughs> how do no, you? No, they, uh... they actually they had uh, they had a master class. I mean, a kind of you know a, a one day workshop for 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 their blog readers, and I just signed right. up. You know, although I had to. I was the only one to travel, you know, across the <laughs> pond uh, from Europe. Uh, I just decided, you know, uh, it would be cool to meet them. It would be good, cool to learn more from them anyway and to give them a tribute because, I mean, everything I learned, I, most of the things I learned, I learned from them. So anyway, I wanted to, you know, pay tribute to them. Yeah, that's very cool. Um, so I, I noticed that, I, I think I read somewhere on your blog that you have something like 12 employees now. Is that right? 
Yes, that's correct. Yes. So that's that sounds like uh, you know that's a pretty you know you're you're getting beyond the startup uh, I guess phase to you're just a, a fully functioning small company. Um, what's the transition been like for you? Yeah. So um, so initially I was just one man shop. Uh, as mm-hmm. I as I said, and then after one year as I, uh, of operating, and when I decided it was going to be a full time job for me, uh, I decided to um, to hire first developer to help me with the uh, programming because um, I knew that I, I was you know good enough for the first version, but uh, to really make it you know a very good app that works you know with all the JavaScript things that we can do right now, I needed a very good developer. So I, I hired the first developer uh, after a year. And from then, uh, also a person, uh, my, an assistant to, to help me with customer support. So we were just three people for the for the next entire year. Mm-hmm. And for actually for two years, we were just three people. And just last year, we started hiring more to, to just grow more because we started, you know, to grow um, with the revenues, with everything beyond just being just three people. And it was just unmanageable. I mean, we were very effective, but it was just unmanageable with just three people. So we decided, you know, it's time to, to, to hire more people and especially to also um, get customer support for different markets, not only for English-speaking market, but also, you know, um, uh, Japanese, uh, Spanish, French, and German. Did you already have um, your 10,000 cust- 10, users before you got your first employee? Yes, yes. And what, um, okay, well, actually, I have a couple questions here. Well, what percentage of those 10,000 customers were paying users? Because yeah. it's, it's always interesting to know what your sort of conversion ratio is between your free... At, well, at that time, because sure. it may be very different now, now that you've optimized it, I'm guessing. Yes, that's, that's correct. It's, it's totally different then and totally different now. So, so let's, um, what, what, what I can say is, um, in the first, the first uh, for example, I got first, first 5,000 users. Uh, they were just free users because the first beta version of Nosby was free. But then the conversion rate was really low. It was like, you know, couple percent really, really really small conversion rate because you know the first early adapters just saw it and they just left and you know the, the you know it's, it's it's it works like that so so in the first the first year the conversion rate was was picking up slowly and i was optimizing the thing now it's 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 pretty good now i think it's pretty um because i'm i'm also trying to good do a good job in filtering out people who are not able able to pay for the for the because we're a small company i I cannot, right. you know, give too much for free. So I decided, you know, um, I I want to have customers who, you know, can pay the, the 10 bucks per month, the, you know, two coffees, two cups of coffee per month uh, to, to be better, to be better, better organized. So. Wait, hold on. When you yeah. say you filter them out, how do you filter them out? Yeah. In, in the sense that, you know, people, when they sign up, they see that actually the free plan is just with five projects. So it's, it's not, it's, it's enough to, to, to give it a try and there is no limit in time, but actually to get more done, you just need to pay. So in this sense, in this sense, I'm promoting more the paying version than the free version, and that's why, for example, right now the conversion rate from free to premium is is is, 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 is uh, on days it can be uh, above twenty percent. That's, that's awesome. Wow. When when you first uh, started and you basically rolled it out um, as a free system, that kind of enabled you to get a lot of users. Do you think that perhaps Nosby's um, interface and general user experience was enhanced because you had the feedback from those users? Or do you think you would have been better off just starting paid straight away? Which 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 would have worked better for you? Just paid instantly, or the the free? No, I, I what what I did it was a, was a half thing. I mean, because I actually um, um, let the free version uh, of Nosby and the paying version right up the front. But I said for now the upgrade to to premium is free. So right now for the next you know next months you can use it, the the premium version, let's say for free. And at some point, I'm going to ask you to pay. I, I laugh. I laugh because that's exactly what I did with Plugio, and um, 
I kind of think that's one of the one of the best strategies so that you can get customers in, you can get feedback and you can kind of round round out your application through their their um their feedback. So you mean specifically I, you mean specifically giving it away for yeah. free but telling people for the, for a limited time but telling them that it will be paid, you know, within a, a certain number of months. Yes. I think that's a really good strategy. I wrote a blog post about that. Yeah, and the, the thing, you know, the thing guys is that uh you want to be, you know, fair to your users and especially to your early adapters. You want to just tell them, I mean, guys, this is free, this is premium. For now, premium is free because we are just starting out and I need your feedback and I need you. And I would, uh, and I actually gave them a very good offer. I mean, a very special bonus. And they were like, they, they, they could upgrade later for, for a very huge discount, actually. So, so I actually tried to reward the, the, the early adapters in this sense. But you need to be in a fair trade. I mean, this is paying, this is free, and people just know where they are. I have seen so many startups just saying, oh, this is, we're going to be free forever. And at some point just saying, no, 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 you know, we're going to be paid now. So th- this is not something I would ever do. I mean, this is not something you do to your users, actually, I think. Yeah, I mean, it sounds, it's all about expectation management. And, and when you take yeah. something away, that, that's uh, very upsetting to people. So that makes a lot of sense. Of and, you know, uh, you know, let's say your very first, you know, let's say your first 10 or 20 beta users. I mean, the people came in when it was really rough sailing. Um, you know, did you have, were you clear and upfront about that with them as well? Or did you sort of form, um, the path of moving from free to paid on down, you know, after you got, you know, your second or third batch of beta users in? Uh, the thing, the thing was that I actually made a mistake of launching it free with the limitation of five projects Okay. and people, and, and people just started shouting at me, Michael, we want to use it, but if you just give us five projects, we'll just move on. So right. I was, so I thought, I, I thought the five projects would be enough to beta test, but they said, no, 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 we want to have the whole system and we want to test it, the whole thing. So then I decided, okay, so I'll give you the free upgrade now. So the, you know, the, so I had to build very quickly the upgrade path. Uh, <laughs> You're right. You didn't have it. You said, I'll give it to you. Okay. I gotta go build it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, so it's like, uh, they actually asked me for that. And, it, and this is actually the, 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 the great thing about, 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 about building something for the users and with the users is that, you know, the, the feedback is just, just fantastic and it just motivates to, to, to just, you know, build it fast and build it quick and ship quickly. How did you get the feedback from them? What mechanism did you use? Did you, cause I don't think get satisfaction was, was out when you were building this uh, or all those kind of tools. So what did you, what, what did you do? I just, you know, went out and set up a basic forum for, for, for the users. And it was just the basic thing. I, it was one of the, you know, typical forum software things that you can, you know, install on your server. So I would just do that. And it was the easiest thing to do to just give a forum and offer, of course, the email thing. So people would email me uh, with lots of questions. Were you working with users on a daily basis, getting their feedback and then implementing those changes? Or, or did you, did you, uh, like if, if one user said something, would you, would you make that change or would you wait till a few users said something? How did you d- determine which ones to listen to and which ones not? It's um, this thing is always. I mean, I've always been um, clear what I wanted and what I didn't want. Uh, I was learning from users about new things that I didn't, you know, have idea about. But I, I would always first try something myself and later implement. Uh, I would never just, you know, make this. And I was like, I wouldn't, you know, just react to this uh, very quickly. I would first think, okay, if this is really something in the long term that would just make sense. And um, uh, some things were just flat out very good, so I would just do it. But some things were just, you know, I'll think about it. And then in, I would have to test some things and then later implement. For example, I still, until this day, and I'm learning this more than four years now, I still have users saying, 
Michael, you need priorities for tasks. I mean, I cannot set up priorities, and this is really bad. This is not good for Nosby. You should do it. And I'm saying, no, 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 you don't need priorities. Uh, if you want to move something uh, up, your, uh, up your priority, just move it up with drag and drop, but no priorities, no <laughs> red, whatever things. Uh, email has priorities. Nobody uses them. So in, this, in the same thing in, in, in tasks. And some people have just you know, walked away because I believe that this is just not necessary. But I would like to defend my, my vision in this sense. I don't want to just add f- features because somebody, somebody asked me to. I want to make sure that it's good for everyone, not just for this particular person. One thing that we've seen is if, if you have a, a, a kind of clear viewpoint and, and you use something and it really works for you, the chances are very high that a lot of other people are going to feel the same way and think that that decision is correct. So I think you've, you've done really well by sticking to your guns on this. And clearly you've got, you know, tens and I don't know how many users, hundreds of thousands of users at this stage. So it's kind of proven. Yes. Uh, the thing is, you know, I, I, without Mosby, I would be lost. I, I'm using it every day. So I, I, I know what works and what doesn't. And especially throughout, throughout the four years I'm running it, I, I've learned a lot from my users. And of course, you learn a lot from the users the things that you just don't know, but 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 if when you try them, when you test them, you feel you feel uh, you know. I over the, the time I, I have just maybe maybe made two or three mistakes when I implemented something I wasn't sure about, and I would regret it later. But most of the most of the things uh, were just you know because they were because I'm using them, uh, I decided you know they were okay. Right, you know I I think there's a happy medium there because when Justin and I have talked about this a bit a lot, which is that you know there's sort of two schools of thought, which is one is that release something very simple and then just listen to your users and let them guide you. The other is you scratch your own itch and uh, follow your own vision. But it sounds like you're, you found a happy uh, compromise between the two, right? So you have your vision, you listen to feedback, but it has to fit in with your vision of what Nosby should be. Is, is that, is that right? Is that accurate yeah. way of describing it? Yeah. Exactly. 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 Mm-hmm. So I want to ask you about pricing. You know, you said $10 a month. I mean, you know, when you first, released it and, and it came how did you come up with your pricing structure was it just a guess or do you do any research or what no it was it was looking at other apps how they priced it and the, the first version was was actually five dollars per month it was the the first the first premium plan but it was it was very limited it was just 30 more projects and then um what i was doing um, i had five dollar plan ten dollar plan and fifteen dollar plan so so right now what you get for ten dollars is, is the old fifteen dollar plan actually so i was just making the the entry level a little bit higher, but on the other hand, giving a lot more for the entry level. So, so right now, the personal plan in Nosby has everything you need for, for, for one person to use. So there's no upgrade path for one person. There's just premium or not premium. This is the, the idea. And I was, first, I was just looking at other apps. Later, I was just testing it and making sure that, you know, I, um, that, that, that it just works with my economy, that I, when I raise the price or make, make a, raise the price with a, you know, more features, if this is good for users or this is bad for users, you know, this kind of thing. But, you know, looking at the stats, looking at feedback from users, I think, I think we you know over the, over the years, you just learn how to, how to price it. Now, you have a 60-day risk-free trial. Now, that's, yeah. that's a hell of a long time. Um, so for me, I, I had a 30 day and then I moved down to 14 day because I was getting so stressed about waiting that 30 days. Is, is, <laughs> is the 60 days okay for you because you're like an existing business? Did you start off with a 60 day free trial? Do you find it increases conversions? Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was, first it was 30%, uh, 30, 30, I'm, I'm sorry, 30 days. Uh, but then I, you know, I checked that with, with PayPal and with, with, with the current, you know, pay, uh, credit card system, I can actually refund within 60 days. 
So I decided, you know, let's move it to 60 days. I mean, let's give people, you know, comfortable time to try, to, to give it a try. And this actually, what it, what, it, what it turned out to be was a great weapon against people who said, you know, I don't want to try because I have to pay and whatever, and I'm not sure if it will work for me. And I said, you know, you have two months. I mean, two months is a lot of time. So if, if after two months you're still not comfortable with that, let me know. I'll just give you all the money back. And uh, actually, you know, the, the, the refund rate... Oh, sorry, I was just going to yeah. say, have you A-B tested it against 14 days, for example? No, I haven't A-B tested it. Uh, but I have seen the refund rate just going dropping after... after uh, uh, what I have found is that uh, the revenues were not heard at all, which is increasing as, as healthy as usual, but the, uh, the refund rate was dropping. So before that, for example, we had a refund rate of, of something about above 10%. Now we have a refund rate about 5%. So it's, um, it's quite, quite good now. You know, I wonder if um, Nosby is an example of the kind of app that you need to have a longer free trial because it's about integrating a new process into your workflow. Right. Um, as opposed to other apps where it might be just like a utility that is used to solve some problem. And if, if it's something that it's more like, okay, I have this problem. Am I going to use this tool or not? And if, you, if, the, if the trial is too long, they might just not get around to installing it and using it or setting it up or whatever. Whereas Nosby, it's just about, you know, like I said, working, integrating your workflow. I mean, do you think that's part of it? I think so, yes. Because, you know, it's, um, it's, a, it's, it's, it's your system to work. It's your way, place where you get organized. So you need some time to get used to it, to, to make sure that it works the way you want it. And then, of course, to put your actions there, to put your projects there. You know, it's hard to move everything, you know, overnight to some, to some new system or, or to start getting organized, you know, in, in overnight. So there's also, also my, my, my idea that, you know, to give people a lot of time, to you know, try to get organized. Uh, we have done lot, We have lots of videos, lots of content that we try to. And we, we, we're going to release actually more even of that, so that people can actually learn getting things done, learn and, uh, getting organized. And I just want them to have enough time to really you know set this up the right way. Do you send them just before the sixty day before they're dinged for their first um, where, where it takes the money out? Do you send them an email like a few days before and say we're about to take money out of your account, or do you just kind of leave it up to them to remember? No, uh, actually, every 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 month they they um, they get uh, they get uh, an email saying, you know, we just charged you another you know monthly rate. And actually, I'm not very religious about that. I mean, in, in the sense that if even if somebody you know crossed the line with sixty days, and on the sixty first day says, you know, Michael, you just charged me, but I don't want to use it, I'm going to give the money back anyway. I don't want to keep the money from the customer. <laughs> no, anyway, no, but so. what, uh, no, I understand that. But what I mean is. Before you, before the first time you charge, so before sixty days, like for example, fifty-seven days, do you send them an email saying we're about to charge you for the very first time in three days, or do you just charge them? No, uh, the the system is set up that that uh, we uh, we send an email about about uh, you know halfway, uh, like after, after several days if they have set up the account and everything. But then later we don't send them any emails. We just charge them. But you know, if they, they get an email every time we charge them, so so they can just you know go back, respond to this email, and say I don't want to be charged anymore. I don't want I want my money back, and then just we just give them back money. Right now, when you started Nosby, um, you, you were working. Uh, you said as a part of you had an e-commerce consultancy that you were working. Yeah, that you, that was your it was your focus at the time. And I think um, from reading your blog, I, you were working with two other. Uh, two other people is that right? It was like a three person startup. Yeah, yeah, it was a was a. Mm-hmm. So what happened? I mean, were you working with this on the side? I mean, were were those guys um, involved with Nosby, or was this totally your separate thing? And then when it started to pick up, um, 
you know, uh, momentum, you just decided to go to, to stop doing the e-commerce with them. Yeah. So, um, so it was just my thing on the side. I was doing it after work, like after, after, after 4 PM, after we, we stopped working on, on our stuff. So I was, I was totally transparent about that. I was just doing it as, you know, in the evenings and so whatever you do in the evenings, you know, it's up to you. So I was, I was building that because I loved it and I loved the idea, but actually, actually, um, one of the person that I, I was working with is still, um, is still, let's say, um, advising me or, or you know, um, helping me out in the sense, you know, morally supporting me anyway. Mm-hmm. And the other person actually is, 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 is my assistant. So she, she moved on to my company. <laughs> oh, okay. And um, now, another thing I read is that you worked on this, at least according to the blog, you said you worked like thousands of hours. Like you worked on it for like a year, year and a half before releasing it. Is that right? Is that how much time you put into it? So, so the first the first version I I built it overnight, and uh, overnight not, but over a weekend. It was a okay. very basic thing, very very ugly, <laughs> very right. very basic thing, and it was already it had already the concept of next action and projects. So we could, mm-hmm. you could set up projects, add actions to it, and set up next actions. So it was the the the, the core of Nosby, let's say, and uh, and I, I used it and I was tweaking it, you know, in my spare time. And but without really being committed because I didn't want to release the project um, and a product. But uh, after one year, when I saw what Seven Signals are doing with their products, I thought you know we can do something a lot better. So I had to learn all these you know JavaScript technologies, AJAX, whatever you call it. I had to learn all this. So yes, I, I was I was putting quite quite a few hours uh, for the for the entire year uh, to make sure that I can launch it. So, so it was so, quite a bit so funny. Um, so your first yeah. version wasn't something you threw together. You put a fair amount of time. So by the time your first, the first users other than yourself actually got their hands on it, I mean, it represented a serious effort on your part. Yeah, be, you know, because it was the, it was also my, my my willingness to learn these new technologies. You know, I I, I had I, I could do some PHP and MySQL, but I didn't know I had no idea about JavaScript at this, at that point. So for me, it was also a playground to learn JavaScript. And actually, actually, in this year, I rewrote Nosby like once already. <laughs> so, so it was really lots of um, tweaking and you know playing with the technology on, on while building something cool. So basically, uh, J- uh, Jason, if I understand correctly, it's it's not so much that he spent lots and lots of time developing features. It, it he may have done it a lot faster if he'd already had the full skill set. It was just basically understanding the, the skill set as well. So he kind of took his time in exactly. that sense. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yes, right, right. 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 But the, and, the features okay. was was very basic, very simple, and the, the and this is why people fell in love with Nosby the first time was it was very simple because I wanted to ship it as soon as possible, and I was just but yeah, but it just took me time to, to learn the thing. Right, and um, you said you wrote it in PHP and MySQL for the back end. Yes. Is that right? And yep. and what about on the front end? What were the job? Did you using JavaScript libraries or was it custom? It was yeah. It was I was using the, the, the same uh, the same uh, JavaScript libraries. Uh, Thirty seven signals were using at that time was Prototype and and Scriptaculous, and uh, so I was using that. I was learning that you know to, to learn the new Ajax thing, and um, and later later when my new developer came, we ported it to jQuery, which is right now the, the leading JavaScript thing. And and right now right now most of Nosby is actually JavaScript. It's uh, the backend is still MySQL and, and PHP, but uh, the, the the most important thing and the fastest growing thing is JavaScript right now. Yeah, that, I, I imagine because once you get like a heavily AJAX application, this the PHP just is really like the uh, you know the um, API, right? Exactly. <laughs> and then exactly. sticking stuff in a database, taking it out, and it's just an API, right? Which is you know you you construct some JSON and send it back, right? 
We actually do it right, right now uh, in this. We have actually built a whole model around that. So right now, really, it's just API for us, actually. Right. So um, does even the, so are your pages constructed? Are they all constructed um, using JavaScript client-side? They're not constructed on the server using some kind of a template language or template library, I said today? So, so, um, so some, 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 some parts, some parts are still uh, constructed using some template language in PHP, which was actually my invention was a simplified Smarty thing. Uh, um, Smarty is like a template language for PHP, and and um, so I, I had uh, something like that. But right now, mostly it's all JavaScript. It's all, it's all, it's all uh, in client side. Did you release your um, your script, your simplified Smarty into the wild? Uh, no, because I just. Uh, it, I, I was actually, you know, I, I never had time to actually make it really nice looking and everything and document it and everything. So, and I was actually always, um, I was actually a little bit ashamed that, you know, it's not the best programming <laughs> thing you can do. So I just get it to myself. Yeah. A lot of times the people is they, not sharing code. It's, it's not so much about selfishness. It's about embarrassment, right? You're yeah. Like, it's, I'm just not sure I want people to see this. Exactly, because I, I don't, I'm, you know, I'm a fairly okay programmer, but I'm not, you know, a very good programmer, let's say. So, so I, I was a fair enough. I was, you know, good enough to build the first version of Nosby and and to have my own kind of smart, simplified smarty. But um, I, I, I knew that it, it could have been, you know, done a lot better, and this is why I just didn't want to, you know, show it so that people just don't laugh at me or something. <laughs> right, right. So, um. I, two, there's two issues that I think are we've been talking a little bit about lately, and it'd be interesting to find um, to sort of find out your take on it. Which is one is scalability, and other security. Um, so why don't we start with scalability? I mean, what were the lessons you learned? I mean, how did you scale from your very first version, which I imagine was probably something simple on a shared server, to where you are now? So, so the the, the thing the thing is that what I have learned first very quickly was first of all. Uh, um, the idea that I have paying customers uh, and not as many free customers means that I have fewer users, uh, right? So I, I don't have like like millions of users. I have you know thousands and thousands of users, but not millions. So in this sense, I didn't have to scale so fast, which is really cool. Uh, and and because you have paying customers, they pay for their hardware, so you can actually you know have really decent servers for the, uh, on on that side. And what I have found out and what I would like to share with people is that you know start with um, with a virtual virtual dedicated server and this is the best thing to do because right now the virtualization technology is really so good that uh, that you know you start with a very simplified you know very simple virtual server and then you can you know tell them guys I need you know I don't know sixteen processors right now and they just you know bump your virtual server to sixteen processors and then you just just have it and it's so it's so quickly and it's you know it happens in five minutes and you, you suddenly you have a you know, faster computer just, you know, by asking you know, the support ticket, you know, to, to the hosting company. So, um, so I, what I would advise anyone is to start a very, with a virtual private server, virtual, um, um, uh, virtual um, dedicated server, and, you know, and see and check with the company how is the upgrade path. Uh, and because in my case, it's been just great. I was just, you know, moving from a very small server to a very big one, which actually based on several servers, but, you know, it's virtually looks like one server. Right, right, and so, so it's like you know cloud computing, but in a in a like simplified way. <laughs> so where are you now? I mean, how many say virtual private servers do you have? So I have a very big one. Uh, I have uh, just, oh. I have just one virtual server with you know several cores and several um, lots of gigabytes of RAM. I don't remember how many, but 
it's it seems like a one server anyway. I, I I don't know the the specs of the hardware right now, but it's a it it might be residing on several. But for to me, it just looks like one big server with lots of cores and lots of gigabytes of RAM. How many what about the database? Sorry, I was just going to say, how many users is that catering to? It's a uh, hundred thousand users right now. And what about the um, your your database servers? Is it, is it just uh, one, you know, MySQL uh, instance, it's, or do you have a cluster of some kind? No, it's just, it's, it's the, the, the the one instance that we have is still still enough. It's still <laughs> enough because you know the the, the, other, the other thing is the other thing is that um, what we tend to do with JavaScript is that we move a lot of load to JavaScript. Yeah. So the so the server is you know the server is just being pinged actually by some JSON data. So, so this thing is very cool for 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 um for web apps right now that you you don't need a very heavy server for that for, because it's not heavy lifting you know so, uh, so um we have optimized it a lot we have lots of, we have used lots of optimizations for that and um what I what I care about more right now because the the the, the server is fast anyway uh, is more about backups and make make, make sure the data is, is redundant so we have several MySQL servers and. Um, for backups, so we try to make the backup of database almost almost. Right now, it's every two three hours, but we want to make it even hourly backup of the whole database mm. to make sure that you know that's uh, right. it's 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 totally totally in into the in different places at, at every point in time, so that you know when something goes really wrong, we can just bring it up very quickly and without uh, much loss of user data. Actually, without any loss of user data. And and what's what sort of the architecture of your of your backup? Is this, is it a replication scheme or what what are you doing yeah so 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 actually yeah so we are we are um we actually you know uh we are uh, copying database uh, to two different uh, servers to different actually um um, um uh, data centers so to uh, to make it geo redundant so to make sure that you know the 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 data is also you know across the con- across the continent on different place uh, and uh, we use we use rsync for that to um and um in this sense, it's 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 really cool because uh, whatever happens, we have the whole database in, in two, uh, two additional locations than also the the the, the, the house, let's say, and um, we do backup every day for the for the entire infrastructure, and we also do uh, replicate it to this also several data, data data centers. So to make sure that you know whatever happens, earthquake, you know whatever tornado, you you name it, we are just you know we can bring Nosby up very quickly, you know, in no time. Ooh. Okay, let me understand this. Uh, when you say use rsync, what are you using? MySQL dump. You run a MySQL dump, and then you rsync the, uh, yeah. the 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 data file. That's it. Yes, yes, yes. And okay. then we we put it up there, and then to make sure that you know we can then later just you know substitute the the, the, the servers actually. Sure, sure. And the other question I had that I'd like to ask about the um, database is, are you using MySAM or InnoDB for your um, your storage engine on MySQL, or do you use kind of a hybrid depending on the table? Now getting detailed. At this point, I actually don't know. Am I getting into the weeds there, Jason? Uh, over, there, over there, you know, my CTO, you know, took it, you know, two years ago. And, and he, at the, I think at the beginning was almost my ASAM, but I, right, because I, at the beginning, I didn't care so much. But right, but right now, I mean, my CTO is take, is, has taken care of that. And so I... I wouldn't know at this point. It just works. That's <laughs> sure. a black box that he doesn't he doesn't think about right now, and that's good because your your main focus is building the business and and building the UI and and all that sort of things. So certainly not bad. Yeah, and then 
Yeah, so so uh, what, what my concern is just to make sure that you know it all works and there's I mean there, the backups are, are the backups are, are being done and I I just know that you know it's it's safe, but uh, what I don't know is is exactly you know the the, the situation there um, with uh, with exact details. I mean I'm, I'm I'm I mean my CTO is really cool and he really knows knows this stuff, so I'm sure that it's, it's taken care of very well and very optimized. The, the the second part of uh, the second thing I want to ask, of course, is about security and and any lessons you've learned. I mean a lot of times. When early versions of web apps are released, they're they're fairly vulnerable to whether it's SQL injection or uh, cross-site scripting or whatever. And I'd be curious to to sort of hear your evolution um, in terms of security. What have you What have you guys learned? What have you What What improvements have you made over time? So, so the 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 the, the script injection and all these things, we have learned them. Um, very quickly because actually the users started testing our site over that and we got lots of feedback from users you know saying you know your site is fairly safe but you know we have this and this and maybe this might be you know security you know holes so we started testing that we started you know getting more into this and then actually you know through the users we learned we learned a lot and then we we they made us more aware of that of these problems so before they actually showed up so in this right. sense we didn't have that many Problems. What we have learned, though, is that, for example, you have to watch out when you connect with other APIs. So, for example, we we connect. We are proud to connect with Evernote and with with Google Calendar, and sync with both of these services. And um, for example, um, like three weeks ago, what we did was we we optimized the sync with Google Calendar, and because of the optimization, uh, lots of user data was was um, uh, almost lost. Uh, it just the script, our script on our side was just you know we just uh, approached the API in the wrong way with optimizing and in some at, at, at some of data was 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 kind of lost to the user at this at this point. Luckily, luckily because we also what we did what we do also is that we we duplicate we duplicate everything that person inserts to to, to Nosby. So if you insert one task, we get two. So. We have always a copy of everything you do in 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 the in the moment when something gets gets you know gets lost gets 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 deleted we we can you know bring it back very quickly so uh, we had to actually we had to actually you know use that uh, form to make sure that you know we get the the user data back so th- there was no no permanent harm done but still temporarily there was a problem uh, so we learned that you know you have to watch out when you do with other APIs because uh, you you can make mistakes and they can be you know can be quite quite annoying for the users. Uh, so in this sense, and also um, uh, for security, um, another thing is that you know uh, you can never have enough of SSL and you know uh, HTTPS. So so actually, when I started, I, the HTTPS was also uh, was only for for the premium users. Now it's now the premium users users um, uh, have the whole thing encrypted, and we also use HTTPS to log in for the free users. And um, and you know there were. Many things that we we learned on our way, but you know, with the security, it's always constant, constant fight and constant um, a learning curve. The good thing is, you know, being a, a web app that is not as popular as Twitter, we are not right. vulnerable to attacks as, as as they are. So this is also a good thing that we don't have to learn such a hard way. No. Well, you've got another advantage, right. which is that um, users aren't really pub- well, unless I'm mis- misunderstanding. But generally speaking, users don't share data to a public forum. It's more like an internal work group. And you probably kind of trust your internal work group to not hack you kind of thing. Yeah. Um, uh, until, until, until last week, it was only private stuff. Now we, we, sh- we, we launched the public projects as well as a, as a different initiative, initiative. But yes, mostly it's private thing. And yeah, b- 
most of the users are good. So <laughs> in this sense, uh, it should be okay. Okay. So the question I was going to ask was, um, Jason, do you mind if I ask that question now? Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it was just about that. If I understand correctly, you guys um, have a virtual team. Is that, would yep. that be correct? Could you talk us a little bit through that and how you, how you decided to work with the virtual team and how you've grown that virtual team and and how you operate on a daily basis? So um, it was actually my my, my dream uh, when I was studying. I was studying business and I was studying and my my thesis uh, from uh, in my university was about teleworking and virtual teams and. I didn't know at that point that I would work like this, that I would just actually make my dream come true. So um, I was, I was, I loved the idea of flexibility of, you know, choosing when you work and all of the work of the, the job, not being a place to go, but a thing you do. Right. So, so I, I love that. And then, then when I was building Nosby, I decided to know, I, I never know where I am. I'm, I'm at that time I was living in Poland and I was uh, in, in Warsaw in the capital, but, but I would, I, would, I didn't know if I would move or not. So I didn't want to build an office to be, you know, tied to an office. And actually I wanted to choose people who are talented, but are not necessarily from my town. And for example, my CTO, he was uh, from a city, you know, 300 kilometers um, away from, from, from where I live. And I decided, no, he was he, he was just the best guy, the best candidate I could I could get. So I decided, no, I'm going to hire him instead of somebody who's close by. And over time, we just made it a policy in our company that we don't need an office. So the office that we have is is uh, is, is just a place where you know the mail gets shipped, and but 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 we nobody goes there. And uh, actually, the people I attract in this way are people who seek. A very similar lifestyle. And um, I know that my CTO wouldn't work for me if it wasn't for that, because he knows that he can decide when he works. And uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just checking him off, you know, on, on, on Nosby or we're, we're contacting via Skype, we use email to make sure that, you know, he gets the job done, but, and then that I get my job done. But uh, because we trust each other, you know, there's no issue with that. I know that he's, he's working his ass off anyway. So, so, um, so there's no problem with that. How did you get to that point of trust? Because one one thing with um, establishing a virtual team is, uh, you know, how how do you know that you can trust that person that you should even enter any kind of working relationship with them? How do you make that decision when you if you meet them purely online? So the thing is, the thing is that um, I, I I met I met I met Tom, my CTO, um, in person while hiring him. So I um, to just to see his face and talk to him, you know, and and actually we you know we we just went for a, for for a, for a cup of coffee and we just discussed the potential, you know, um, a collaboration. And because, I mean, you just have to ma- imagine, I mean, he was my first programmer, so he would actually take my baby, my source code. So it was even more, more, you know, more <laughs> important for me to make sure that I, I get the right guy for that. Um, and then we worked uh, two days together in the same place in my, in my office, uh, in, in the office that I'm, the official office of our company where I ne- never go as well. But we went there for the two days to work together and to start, you know, feel how, how everything is going. After that, we decided, you know, let's let's see how it goes. And then, you know, with him, it was tri- trickier because he was my first employee. Right now, I just believe if someone feels right, I want to trial them for one one month and see how it goes. And if it doesn't go, doesn't go well, we'll just, you know, we'll just say goodbye and that's it. Do you always meet them in real life then? So every person who's coming to your company, you've had to meet mm-hmm. them in real life? No. No, uh, I was that like 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 this before, but right now it's really hard for me to travel to so many places. So, and a few people I haven't seen yet, but because you know we we have talked so much on Skype and we have you know we have uh, exchanged so many emails, we just decided you know let's try and let's let's see how it goes. And, and um, 
Well, I had to fire. I had to fire one person uh, um, uh, recently, uh, but because uh, just this person just w- w- uh, couldn't commit to, to 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 longer, you know, to working more, and not because she was uh, she was like not you know not good for the job, but, but but she just couldn't commit for for more work. So um, to to work full time full time instead of part time, and I needed a full time employee in, in her sector. So um, so in this sense, I had to let go of someone. But on the on the on average, you know, when you try someone virtually and then. It, it's you know you, you just feel very quickly if it works or not. You can see through the text communication, through the Skype communication. That's yeah, basically exactly, you can build exactly. a rapport and build trust that way. Okay. I mean, do do you try and hire them as consultants first, or do you go straight to just to hiring them? Because it seems like if they're virtual, you might be able to do that. In which case, it's almost like a trial period, right? Yeah. So 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 the first thing uh, first thing we. we uh, I, I just hired them, you know, to, to, to as a consult as a consultants for 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 a period of time, and then when everything works well, then I then we just you know get the get the thing together closer. Where do you right. get, where do you find people? Is it do you have like specific websites that you look at, like uh, eDesk and Ola and um, sorry, Elance and Odesk, Elance and Odesk, <laughs> or, it, it, or it depends. It depends. It's um, for example, um, I've I've been lucky enough. For example, when when I was hiring uh, programmers, that, that to, 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 on, on one of the forums for programmers, there was a section for you know to 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 post job offers. Uh, so it was very targeted. So in, in, in both of my both of my like developers got um, got to me got to work for me from there. Uh, so um, for for customer support, I would actually. Because we use we do customer support in many languages, so I, I would actually you know search for people who um, who teach the languages, and people who teach the languages usually speak them very well. So mm. when they do, they they usually are happy to start a part time job, you know, answering emails and doing customer support on the side. And when they you know when they when they think you know it's it's actually a better job than teaching people, then they just go full time. How long before you went international? Was that from day one, or was that something that you rolled out a few uh, years into it? Uh, in, in my case, you know, I'm, I'm I'm from Poland, and in Poland, um, uh, many people just launch first an application in Polish and later then then translate it into English. In 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 my case, it wouldn't make any sense because um, the GTD people are in the states. I mean, nobody knows GTD in Poland. Okay, some people do know, <laughs> but uh, hardly anyone knows. So so it would just. Just and I was involved anyway in the community in the states and the American um, spe- American English speaking community, let's say. So in my case, in my case, it was just a no brainer to just launch it in English and then later translate it into other languages. And actually, it took me lots of time to 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 to, to pull the plug and localize Nosby. Right now, we have eight languages, and and uh, we plan to add more. And by the end of the of the year, but um, but first, it was just English. Okay, so one of the things, um, well, what I'd be really interested to know is, firstly, was it difficult to translate it? And secondly, when it's translated, does it basically make it slower to build out new features? Yeah, so uh, so the difficult it's difficult to translate it, especially when you have an application that's been you know around for quite a while, because there are so many things to translate. It's just lots of time. So so yes, it was quite difficult to translate, but now that we have the translations. What we do is just we ship the features quickly in English, and we have the policy that if something is not translated, it's just in English, and then the translators do it very quickly the same day or something to, to, to translate it into, into their languages. So, so um, actually, it's not that hard to pull new features because you just you know we just ship the features in English just right away, but uh, 
the translation system is prepared this way that the translator just can just log in, translate what's missing, and it's instantly on production. So in this sense, uh, it's very quickly to then localize it later. And how how, um, how did the um, internationalizing it uh, you know inc- impact your revenue? Or was it a, was it something that it was slow to increase, or was it a, you see something right away? It depends on the market, you know. And uh, for example, um, in many markets, we are still we are native, but we still have are struggling to get you know user base. But um, uh, for example, we had very good user base in 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 in, in um, Dutch speaking countries, so in Belgium and Netherlands, because people over there speak very good English and they like GTD. And uh, we have we've had lots of success in Japan when we launched uh, only in English in Japan. I mean, we just started promoting in Japan only in English, but now with the Japanese interface, it's just a lot better because uh, Japanese users trust us a lot more because it's in, in their native language. So actually in Japan was was a very, very, very nice increase because of the localized version. And uh, I see you said it's also in German and French. Is that in Spanish or the other languages? Yes, yes, yes. And, and how did those do? No, these ones are are still you know checking the the markets. This is not something that uh, that is you know uh, still this is, this is still the beginning for us uh, for for marketing and for 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 you know for for you know distribution of our software. So it's it's still it's still some time. Okay, this is just getting into the weeds, and it's a personal question that I have um, just to answer my own curiosity. But when you when you do the translation for the front end, do you just have like one kind of global strings? Uh, object and then you kind of insert that as it's rendering is that how it works uh, yes yes it's it's very similar we actually built the whole translation platform for that so we have a like the translation application for our application <laughs> right. that, um, that, that, so 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 um so the thing is that when you do something in english so you basically i mean you basically when you introduce you introduce in english and we you, you introduce new english strings new english texts and they put they are put to production, and then the system recognizes they are new, and then the, the the people who are responsible for their languages are being you know alerted that they should translate new new things to to from English to their language. They do that, and it it just shows in production as well. In in the JavaScript code base, where where you have like a reference to the string, is that a numerical reference or is that a, a reference that makes sense in English? It makes sense. It's the one that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. J- Justin, the fact that you did it, you called your string like S37. <laughs> yeah, because <but laughs> really I, I basically did that. Just, for, it's, for, it's so hard because I don't know what S37 means. Like, I what? don't understand my application anymore. I basically <laughs> translated the whole thing to I mean, numbers. And I look at the page and it's just a bunch of numbers. And I'm like, what the hell am I looking at? Yeah, yeah so it's actually better to, to do something like, you know, save. And save is the save yeah. than, you know... Guarda yeah. in Spanish, like or something. Yeah, so I'm, like, I'm trying to back out now. I'm trying to basically un untranslate it because a it didn't bring me any business and b it confuses the hell out of me. Well, you just <laughs> kind of name like like MySQL or socket error code, right? It could be five or eight words, you know, you know, uppercase underscore, you know, yeah. this underscore is a bad error, you know, or something. <laughs> yeah, right? This is what we have actually. This is what we have actually. Something very similar. Um, capital letters, underscores, and actually something that makes quite a sense. Okay, I have I have a question. Um, what was your competition like in the space when you first started? Because I know a lot of times, if there are existing competitors, entrepreneurs will look at it and go, ah, "I don't know." They get kind of intimidated, but um, but at other times, it just validates that there's an uh, that there's opportunity there. I mean, what what were you? What, what did your space look like when you got started? So when I when I got started, uh, there were like the uh, the there were there were several 
several web apps already for, for productivity. Uh, apart from 37 Signals, that they have kind of different apps because uh, I didn't want to compete with them. Nozbe is more specific to GTD and, and none of the apps of 37 Signals actually you know, works with GTD that much. And um, this is why I built Nozbe actually. So um, apart from them, uh, there were several, several um, uh, apps like, like Remember the Milk, for example, the big one, and it's, it's still a very big one. And then many others is followed quickly. And um, the thing is that uh, in, I'm always laughing that, you know, in my, in my field, there's, there's just so much competition that actually there's no way. I mean, everyone, everyone who just learned programming is either building a Twitter client or is building a to-do list. So, right. <laughs> so, so, um, so um, uh, in this sense, we are on the same boat here. Uh, but, um, but the thing is, the thing is, you know, that if, if you, if you manage to get, I mean, the, the market is very big. So if you get to, if you manage to get a good niche, and if you manage to get to get, to have a strong vision and and keep on shipping, keep on shipping new stuff and keep on shipping good stuff and keep on uh, iterating and 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 have good connection with the with the with the users, um, it pays off. So for example, most of my competition from to, from two thousand seven is 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 dead or almost dead right now. I have new competitors, of course, new new users, new um, I mean new um, apps. You know, the flashier, you know, nicer or whatever, and they keep on, you know, popping up. But the, the idea is that you know, if you're persistent with what you're doing, then then it pays off in the long term anyway. So then, I had lots of, I had lots of, for example, um, comp- uh, competitors launched last year with lots of fanfare, lots of you know, TechCrunch coverage and all this stuff, which I never had. Uh, but then, you know, because they're not so com- so much committed to the uh, to the product. They just want to, you know, build something cool and rip the rewards very quickly. They get discouraged very quickly. So when they do, you know, they just start, you know, dying off, dying off. And then in my case, I just love the productivity field. I love helping users. I love, the, you know, influencing people and then, you know, getting them their life organized and my life organized in the process. So, so it's my, I feel, I feel it's like my, my mission to, to, to do it. So uh, in this sense, I never get discouraged. I, actually, I get motivated when I see my competitors, but I never get discouraged. And maybe that's why, you know, I managed to, to stay in such a competitive uh, field for quite a while. You, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, and I think this is, has a, uh, something to say about bootstrapped versus funded companies. So if you're a funded company and you come out with some new product and let's say it's a productivity app, then you need that thing to take off, right? Because you've, if you've gotten funding, then you've probably picked up some employees and a lot of expenses, and, and that funding will carry you for maybe a year or so. But if, if after a year, you know, you either you haven't picked up significant traction, then you're going to, you know, I need to change ideas. And, and, and it might be the kind of thing that, yeah, I mean, if you were bootstrapped and you, and you were making $100,000 or $200,000 a year, you'd be like ecstatic. But if you had taken a million in funding and after a year or 18 months, you only had that much, you'd be like, okay, this idea is dead. We got to change directions, right? So it almost closes the window and really limits um, what might be possible because it requires success, so much success so early. What, what, do, you, what do you think about that? Exactly, and and also also some some of my competitors when they, they, they showed up, they, they they focused not on the product but on getting funding. <laughs> so they said, you know, we're going to be free and we're going to get some funding and we're going to go from there. And and in my case, I was always frugal. I wanted, I wanted to get the, the customers, I wanted to get the paying customers, I wanted to serve them well. And the the other thing is what I what I have learned is that when people pay you for software, 
they actually care a lot more and they, they care in a good way. Like if there's something wrong or they, they actually try to be, you know, constructive, um, helping you. So, so, uh, so it's like motivating really to, to keep on going because you have a, a, a relationship with people who are for real and who have just, you know, used their heart and money to, to be with you. So, so in this sense, um, it's just, it's the contact with user keeps you going. And if you're funded, funded, it's also that you, you just, you know, you have to, you know, you have to be responsible for the money that you just got from someone or you want to get the money from someone. So you don't have that much contact with the user and you get easily discouraged, I think as well for that. But, but, but also, also the thing that, you know, they must get traction quickly. If they don't, they're just, they're just gonna, they, they, they will die. And I didn't have to get the traction. I got it, but I didn't have to get, you know, I don't know. It's funny. This is the perfect time to be interviewing you because I just um, <clears throat> released a, a blog post which kind of went ballistic on Hacker News, and the blog post was about the fact of the two different paths. One of them chasing funding, and what what I've done is I've tried to get funding for, for the last fifteen years with four projects, and I've I just haven't succeeded. And I, what I, ca- I came to the realization that if I just decided to start small and get big and bootstrap and start with a micro business and build it up slowly, I would have saved myself so much time I would have had a bigger understanding of business and I would probably be a much more successful entrepreneur now. Like now I'm having my success by starting small and that's after trying to do it four times funded. And I'm so happy that I've got Plugio to kind of, you know, a thousand plus revenue per month at this stage. So it's really awesome to be talking to you because you are like the poster child here for start small, get big and kind of just prove, prove the whole thing. And you know, it's, it's the thing is that uh, really um, you need patience. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm more than four years in this, and 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 of course, the, the first revenues were like you know uh, we're, we're 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 small, but um, over 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 next month, I was I was getting more and more, and people start you know paying you, start trusting you, and then you you just you just keep on going, and you just keep on renovating, and keep on you know watching the space, but also you know focusing on the product, and uh, over time. This builds up to very very nice revenue. Right now, I'm I'm really not complaining about the revenue. So it's, it's really good. And then, and the thing is that um, again, it's it, I there is no need for you to right now for, like for me in my case, I don't. There's no need for me, you know, to 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 chase anything, to chase you know funding, to chase anything. And if somebody you know shows up and offers me money, I'm just I have been offered several you know several times by, by VCs already uh, additional funding, and I just flat out said you know I don't need it. I have my my money from my customers and I want to serve them. I don't need the- One of the biggest arguments that people came back with um, for, from this blog post within Hacker News was that um, they said, well, the reason why you wouldn't want to go that route is because you can't swing for the fences. You can't get, you can't do something big. And, and you know, once you started getting in money, you'd get complacent, you'd get lazy and you wouldn't be interested in chasing after a hundred million dollar business kind of thing. And what I'm interested to know, do you think that that's a true perspective or do you think that from your perspective... No, you are interested in growing, and you are interested in getting big. Yeah, but not that big. I, I, I don't, I don't need to be that big. Actually, I mean, the, the internet is so big, and the, there are so many people who can be, you know, who can use my software still. I mean, I'm just, I'm always saying I'm just getting started because there are so many people that, that, that can get organized, can benefit from 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 Nosby. So, um, the thing is, of course, you cannot swing for the fences. But actually, do you really, actually really want to swing for the fences? The, the, the 37 Signals had this, um, David, David, David Heinemar Hansen of 37 Signals had this, had this uh, great uh, presentation at Startup School saying, you know, the difference between $1 million and $1 billion as a person, it's, there's not really not big, big difference. 
But the difference between being broke and having $1 million, it's a very big difference. So at this point, at the point when you get comfortable with revenue and you have really more money than you actually dreamed of, there is no need for you to swing for the fences and get the billion dollar business and be, you know, next Facebook or something. I, I don't think so. I don't think it's, you know, I, I really need that. Uh, I have very good life running Nosby and, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I have very good, you know, every day I'm, I'm just empowered and happy to, 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 you know, to, to serve my users. And I don't need to have one billion dollar business or several billion dollar business. I, well, I'll be comfortable with one million dollars anyway. So. Yeah, well, you know, you, you don't you don't have to answer to anybody, right? You get to exactly. sort of work on on something that you really enjoy, that you use yourself. You get to inter, uh, interact with customers who um, are sharing in your your sort of love of this product, and you know, you you don't have to sell. You don't have investors who are pushing. It's like, okay, we got to we got to you know go public, or we have to sell to Google or Apple or somebody. You're you're like, well. You know, you can do whatever you want. And uh, I think that's a huge, I mean, and, and obviously you make enough money to live a nice life. You can travel. So I, I, I can see why, um, you know, it, I mean, this seems like a very attractive uh, model to me. Yeah, actually. And if you compare, compare, um, it's a, if you compare, uh, because really, if you grow, grow your company to, to the size that, for example, Nosby is right now, that when, when the really uh, revenues start picking up and you have really, many many thousands of paying customers and at this point you you i mean it, it, this, this is just a dream job you, you'd love you do what you love you get you know more money than than most of the guys who work you know in a normal salary and uh, and you know you, you and you get to get to interact with with great people you know in the process so it's just you know uh, for me it's just amazing would you guys mind if i read out uh, a comment that i got on on the blog post about this issue sure i'd be interested to hear your response so this guy called Dex says, I think, you, I think you are promoting mediocrity. It's okay that you've accepted this for yourself, but trying to get others to settle for this same thing is just BS. I don't care how many times I fail. I love swinging for the fences and I don't care. And I don't do it for, for TechCrunch or anyone else. Uh, your, your article insinuates that people who swing for the fences are obsessed with funding and valuations. This is another point I disagree with. All I care about is creating a badass product that delivers value to customers. I think the world is very lucky that Zuckerberg and the Twitter guys, etc., don't think like you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, oh, by the so, way, I wrote that, Justin. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you What do you think? Uh, what, what would your response be to that, um, Michael? Well, apart from the B and the S, uh, <laughs> that that would be um, well. Good luck, uh, first of all, and second of all, in it's like with mass media, okay? Mass media tries to promote this, um, the, the best cars, the best, you know, I don't know, luxury things, luxury life, luxury way of things, which is actually not real, which is actually, not actually what people really love and really enjoy. Uh, and uh, the same thing goes with TechCrunch and all this stuff. When people read about funding and about Mark Zuckerberg and whatever these things, that you know, billion-dollar businesses, they think, you know, this is the way to go. But actually... Most of the most of uh, really cool products were born because somebody was you know was caring for something, wanted to build something really nice, and didn't you know didn't care about being a big business. So they were scr- yeah they were scratching their own itch, exactly, and it just turned into scratching their a own itch. Exactly, they were solving a problem. They were solving a problem that is, and they were building something useful, and this including is, Twitter, exactly including Twitter. Yes. <laughs> so so the thing is the thing is that. Um, 
if you're scratching your own edge and building something really useful for yourself and for others, this is my way of saying you swing for the fences. Of course, in the same, you, you don't go for a billion dollar business and for, I don't know, maybe, maybe in the future. But, you know, the thing is that for now, people appreciate a lot more if someone is dedicated to something. Okay, so so um, right now, uh, the small businesses that, that, that actually do something really useful, really cool, they bring value and they bring smile to people, to customers, and then they are more personal and they are just, you know, nicer to work with. I mean, just, you know, think about the big guys right now and then try to connect with them. I mean, there is like no way to connect with them. You don't, you know, it's hard to identify yourself with, with, you know, with, with, with guys from Twitter or with guys from, guys from Google or guys from eBay. But but with the guys from Thirty Seven Signals or the guys from other you know companies that they, that are just building cool things, you can actually talk to them, you can actually interact with them, and with their products, uh, you can actually you know learn even more from them using their products because you know that they really care about it. So you know if if some, I think it's just different you know mentality. I mean if you want to really you know if I think I've always. It's just great, but for me, it's just stupid. I'm sorry to say, but it's just stupid. <laughs> no, it's fine. I think go, it's fine. It's fine to go just for the money for building something really big. No, no, build something great, and if it turns big, great. If it doesn't, also good. The idea is to build something really great, and you know, how many people will come, you will see. But you know, build something great, and that's it. Yeah, you know, one thing I want to say about that is that a lot of and this happens in science all the time, is a lot of the great inventions and great discoveries were started out as small problems, curious problems that, um, that these scientists started working on. Feynman used to talk about that all the time. And when you start out with like, I'm going to work on a really big idea, I'm going to change, you know, a lot of times that's just moving you in the wrong direction. You got to start with something small and interesting that you can solve. And a lot of times it'll just, something big will grow out of that. And I feel like the I'm going to change the world is sort of a it's sort of almost a sign of immaturity. It's like what kids in, yes. in, you know, who are in high school say, I'm going to change the world. It's like, you don't, dude, you don't even know what the world is yet. You know, you're 15 exactly. or 18, you know, or you're in college. And they've, they've never really worked. And they're just, you know, they're just starting out. And they're just like, I'm going to change everything. It's like, you know what? Try and change one thing about yourself first, maybe. <laughs> if it didn't, you know, why don't you try and change something with two or three people before you start changing the world? But because they have no idea of how hard it is to change the world and mm. that they might as well just try, right? It's just like... You know, and, and after after you you flame out a few times, you realize that nobody really cares about you, and you're changing the world. Idea is that you know you, you fear. <laughs> all right, maybe I should just actually try and you know um, pay for myself and not live off my parents and you know pay off my debt. Right? There's something else that that they that they keep on failing to mention in the arguments that that they bring up, which is that even if you get funding, it's a very, very slim chance that you're going to build a successful business. <laughs> like funding doesn't really help you. I mean, it helps you a little bit, but it doesn't, it, well, it's, it's no guarantee. Yeah. And one more thing, and I, I know this is the interview with Michael, so <laughs> I'll let him answer. But I just wanted to say one thing I've been meaning to say about this is that, you know, you know, when you're, when you are, um, when you get funding to some degree, it allows you to just work on your own thing, right? It's like a temporary reprieve from having to work a job that you don't really want to work on. Right. Yeah. So it's very attractive. I mean, I, you know, I have funding for my first couple of, you know, ventures and yeah, it's like, no, I don't have to work this crappy job. I can, you know, I can do my own thing and it's, it's, it's great. Right. So you can see why it's very appealing, you know, next year, year and a half. And not only, not only do you get, you get paid to sort of work on your own thing, there's this chance that things could blow up and, and be really big. So I could see why that's appealing. And, and I think that in a certain stage in someone's life that that can be, you know, 
worth doing, right? I mean, because a lot of times you may not, I mean, it's hard to bootstrap something on the side. I mean, it's hard. A lot of people don't have the energy to, to work a full-time job, commute, do all those things, live a life, and then come home and work on something on the side. That's really hard. So I can see why that happens. Um, and, and also, it's obviously a lot about, um, and, and I've mentioned this before, it's a lot about risk profile. You know, if you don't have any downside risk, and it doesn't matter if, you know, the thing flames out and you don't make any money, um, you know, that, you know, when you don't have a lot of financial responsibilities, then that's, that's fine. But later on in life, it becomes harder and harder to do that. It also makes it harder and harder to live off a startup salary. So, right. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I think, yeah. I mean, there, are, there is no, you know, one right path, but, but um, I think you're, you know, you're likelier to, 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 to succeed. Actually, I, I think, I think that, but you know, I know I may not be right, but I think that it's like, you're actually, it's easier to succeed when you just bootstrap, when you, when you, um, in the sense that you just, you know, build something on the side, and you you, you you prove some traction, and then later, if you get some funding, it's good. But if you don't, just maybe maybe you know focus on on, on earning money. I like I like what 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 also again Thirty Seven Signals said that um, when you learn how to earn money from people from users, uh, you learn the good thing. I mean, the, you, you and you practice getting money. If you are funded, really big funded, then you learn how to spend money. Not how to earn money. Uh, that's really good. Yeah, this is actually good. this is actually what I what I have seen in many companies. You know, we don't care about our business model. We have we have so much funding. We don't care about this right now. Yeah, I mean, if you're Twitter, you can say that. But but uh, if you're not Twitter, then you should actually think about getting some money because otherwise, I mean, some at some point, it's just going to be no no money anymore. Right, right. Yeah, I, I I really like the point you make about that being more likely to succeed through the bootstrapping. It's like to get to get the funding in the first place, it's like less than one percent chance, and then to succeed with to succeed with a funded business where you've been learning how to spend money rather than make money is like another exactly. you know, fraction of a percent. Whereas if you're starting I off, I don't know if it's that low, but it's it's a lot lower than you'd want it to be. <laughs> well, exactly. com, 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 compared to working on working on the side and just building something and getting in a few bucks and then building that up and building that up and working with the users, it just seems it seems like the only thing that could stop you from failing is your ability to not learn from your mistakes, you know? Or, or just giving up, right? When it's like, yeah. the guys mm-hmm. from Zoho write a great article on that, like everybody was wondering why isn't, why hasn't Google killed Zoho? Um, and this is an article from like two or three years ago. And they said, listen, you know, the only way you're going to die is if you commit suicide as a startup, you know, you can just <laughs> quit. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, you know, Google can't kill them. They can just, so they just, they're still there and they've been growing. And um, I thought that was really interesting. And, and, and it's, it's a lot of what Michael's talking about. It's just about sticking with it and persistence. And um, when you're bootstrapped, eh, there's no money running out. There's always, you know, just do you want to continue to putting time into it or not? And if you decide to continue putting time on it, you keep moving forward. But if you take funding, if that funding runs out and you don't have enough revenue and you can't get more funding, you're pretty much dead. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and the thing is, you know, with with Zoho, for example, it's a good example that uh, exactly that when um, many people give up very quickly, you know, because oh, this guy just launched, he's going to be my best competitor. There is no way I'm going to compete with this guy. Let's just you know commit seppuku at this point. But actually, lots of big competitors, for example, throughout my history, have showed up and and they haven't threatened my business. My business was growing anyway. Because if you find a way to get users, to get people, and to to to, to share your vision. You know they will go anyway. So like many, from I'm 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 sure that for many people, just Zoho software just works. I mean, I haven't used it a lot, but for many people, I'm sure it works. And the internet is yeah. so big, and the the market is so big 
But, you know, if Zoho can find enough users to use it and they pay for that, then it's, then Google will never kill them. Well, that's, that's exactly. And, and one of the things that people will often say to me about Plugio is they'll say, yeah, but Hootsuite does this and you don't do that. You know, or Radeon 6 does this and you don't do that. And I'm like, well, that doesn't actually matter. I mean, it, it matters if, I, if I'm funded and if I, if I have to win the entire market and get a million users. But if it's just me and I'm just kind of, you know, scrapping for the, the people that I get at this stage and they like the product and they tell their friends, it doesn't really matter. I mean, there's other things about my app that they like, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I want to ask you about um, revenue a little bit. Um, the, the, two, two questions. The first is when you first started out, how did your revenue grow? Because, and I find this is really interesting because there's sort of this like a flash forward, like, you know, you released the product, you didn't have anyone, and then we're like two years ahead and you have employees. So what I want to know about is that first three, six months, year, how did the, how did the revenue grow and what was it like? Because for people who are starting to, they're creating their own company, I think a realistic expectation of what they might be able to expect is really important because you don't want them to, I think it's 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 the myth of like that you just blow up and like three months later you're making a hundred grand a month. It, you know, it, it's a, a very it can be very discouraging. Like, oh, I'm only making five hundred or I'm only making three hundred dollars a month. That might be you're right on target. So, what was your experience like? So, so um, uh, in the first month, in the first month, the revenue was quite high because it was quite high for my standards because uh, I launched and I sent email to my five thousand users I already had saying that, you know, we just launched and right now we have this special offer for you who upgraded to this, you know, premium free account. And, you know, you can go and people just bought right off the spot. Several people just bought on the spot and uh, I got some revenue. And then the next month I got only almost no, no more revenue. So it was very discouraging. And, uh, and because I offered um, uh, one year prepaid plans in the first month, they paid for one year in advance. So there was like hardly any monthly subscribers. So yeah. next month was almost nothing. It was was it was just a you know couple That's of hundred exactly bucks. What, yeah, same thing happened to me. Yeah. So 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 you get discouraged quickly, like oh shit. So the first one was good, but then the <laughs> second month, like oh no, there's nobody you know paying right now. But but you know that then 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 there was the third month, and then there were there was just more revenue. And the thing is, you know, again, it's it's it's, it's patience and persistence. You know, the, the first year, I I it was still my side project, and I didn't plan to. I didn't know if I, I'm gonna you know just make it my, my main project. But I, I, I tend to believe that revenue goes in steps. It's not, it's not like a, a, a curve that goes up. It's a step thing. So you're first in the first step for several months. Then you move to a higher step for several months. And then you do something and something else and someone else comes. And then there's another step higher. So it's like, it goes like in steps. So, so right. for me, for example, there was the first, uh, the first, uh, the first months were the first step and it was, it was, you know, it was something, but it wasn't, you know, something that I would, you know, uh, live my, uh, live off. But then the, it was gradually coming up and then, then something happened. For example, there, there was the iPhone and we had the B, so the, the, the web app for, for iPhone. And then there was something more. And then the end of the year, there were, there was additionally, additional you know, reviews about B, and then suddenly we're on one step higher. Were you basically big enough to already go, over a thousand dollars a month or i mean forgetting about your first your first launch when you started going to monthly revenue yeah. was it was it looking more like a hundred dollars a month then two hundred dollars a month then three hundred dollars a month for the first six months or were you already up into the thousand straight away because you had such a big user base no i was already in the, in the, in the, in the thousand yes but okay, it was so, 
that's yeah, that's great. That's very good. That's that's that certainly hasn't been my experience, and and it must be a big part of that is because you were very tightly involved in a community. You you took the yeah. Amy Hoy route of of getting very very involved with an audience, and you learned what the audience wanted. And it, but you weren't kind of consciously doing that. That kind of happened by mistake as well, which is very interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but you know, still one thousand dollars. It's 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 okay, but it's not something you know. It's 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 not still uh, you know something uh, that you can you know live off the whole family. <laughs> so so um, so it was it was it was the beginning, but it was already you know it was already um, so the second month was was just just a few hundred dollars still. Right. And there okay. was then, then there was then there was one thousand dollars, and then there was, it was just gradually coming up uh, uh, with 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 more. And, and was it um, exponential growth, or was it a, like no. so? For, so, for example, would it be like ten percent exponential, or would it be like uh, just a kind of linear curve kind of thing? Or you're saying steps? Steps, steps. So, for example, like like two three months, the same, more or less the same thing. You know, ten percent here and there up, maybe, and then the next one, like like you know, fifty percent more, like for example, right? And then mm. then, then staying on this, and then. Thirty percent more, and then staying on this, like this kind of growth, was it? That's so, interesting. And, yeah. and what 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 do you attribute those steps to? I mean, because the thing is that most of the stuff, because uh, um, you you make lots of tweaks, you you make lots of changes, but things that you expect are going to be you know big things turn out to be nothing, and some you know minor tweaks can you know get you lots of more users, for example, or or additional coverage or something else. So, so um, it's just like if you constantly tweak your app, at some point, something shows up and brings you more users. Right? So you've been tweaking your app rather than your marketing mainly. Because for me, I had uh, Plugio going on for like a year and it had exactly the same number of, and I, I pretty much didn't pay attention to it. And then I really focused on tweaking the whole marketing side of things. And then that has just changed the whole the whole. No, uh, uh, I mean, both, both, both marketing and the, and the app, of course, both, okay. both. But again, what did you do? What did you do in terms of marketing? Yeah, so in terms of marketing, um, mainly you know the, the the website that sells that that it makes you know more sense and you know the, what what Nosby is and how to how to sign up, optimize how people sign up. But for them, it's really easy. And also um, try to find places where we can go viral, right? So so um, I tried to um, after after one year, I launched the affiliate program already because I wanted to get some affiliates, some people promoting Nosby. And then, so, but it was, it was after one year, but in the first year it was more, it was, for example, marketing was for me building the iNosby thing. So the web app for, for, for iPhone, because iPhone launched in 2007 in, in June. And I, I built actually, you know, in, in one week I built the, the iWeb, the web app for iPhone, for Nosby and, and without having an iPhone actually in my hands, but with my users test, testing the web app actually on their phones. So, um, so for example, this was marketing because this this got me a lot of coverage, and because I depended so much on the coverage for bloggers, so I, I was you know trying to reach out for other bloggers, write things about productivity, and write things about 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 uh, getting things done, and and try to be there. So, so for me, for me, it was also um, lots of coverage for bloggers. Well, do you ask bloggers for coverage, or do they just find you, or do you email them? I mean, how does that work? So mostly, mostly, mostly they would find me, but very often I would find I would, I would email them with you know new new tips on your new information or something like that, and then sometimes they would pick it up, sometimes not. It, it, it all depends. But I try to also also find bloggers and see, also learn that learn how my community operates and how many new bloggers and how many new blogs about productivity show up and, and how interesting are they. So 
and because I'm a productivity freak in this sense, so I, I wanted to get to know more people in the, in the, in the area. Anyway. Do you have any tools to help you automate that process? Um, or do you just manually search Google? No, it's uh, it's manually using RSS, manually using you know different you know social media, manually manually using uh, Google as well, mostly. Yes. Um. So, do you, are you actually um spending money on marketing at all, or is it purely just you know blog blog coverage and free stuff? Um. I'm actually actually I'm not spending too much money on marketing. I I I, <laughs> I was I was um. I'm, I'm, I'm every now and then I, I, I post an ad or something like that, but, but mostly, mostly I, I, uh, the, the only money I spend on marketing really is paying out my affiliates. So, so paying out people who actually promote Nosby and many bloggers do that. Many, many good friends who are bloggers do that. And I'm paying them out every, you know, every month, uh, and, and referral fee for, I mean, referral, you know, based on the, on the, on the, on how many people they bring. But right. um, so this is actually the, mo- the mo- most marketing money I spend. The ads, you know, I'm, I'm trying them out, but very often they're just waste money. So I prefer well, the, the, the coverage. Right. I think that's that's a uh, probably a, you know if you if you can make that work, that sounds like the way to go. But what about the uh, your your affiliate program? I mean, does that represent a significant portion of your revenue, or is it small? Um, significant portion, maybe not, but quite quite something. It's not maybe you know. I don't know. It's not maybe um, you know, fifty percent, but maybe it was like ten or twenty percent additional okay. revenue from the from the from the athlete. So, so um, yeah. So it's it's uh, it's good to have <laughs> anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's um, not something to rely on, but it's good to have. One thing we skipped over, I, I wanted to ask, but we moved on real quick. Is when you released it to your the first set of people, uh, and the time that how much time elapsed between when you first started letting other people use it, and when you first started charging? It was uh, three months. Three months, okay. Because I'm just wondering, like, how long can you allow people to use it for free before you start charge, before people just get so set on it being free that, you know, something in their mind switches that it's just a free app? And I'm wondering if there is, if you think there's sort of like a time limit. I mean, is it like six months? Is it three months? I mean, where, when do you think it's just, you know, you're gonna have, if you're going to charge, you got to start charging at some point, I, I think I think everything between three and six months should be should be fine. But more than six months, it starts to be uh, annoying. Also yeah. for the for the customers, I mean, for example, I have this great app for the Mac. It's called uh, Sketch, right? Okay. Uh, yeah, Sketch. It's uh, it was like in beta, like two years. <laughs> and, and, and 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 the, it, the, the worst thing it will, it will expire every like two, three months. So I had to download the new version, the new beta, because it would expire. So I was like, come on, guys, let me pay for this. I love this app. Let me pay for it and just, you know, skip the whole, you know, upgrade, you know, download new app app because the expiration code, I mean, the expiration date has just reached, you know, it's, it was annoying. Right now they have the paying thing and I actually paid them <laughs> and I'm using right. the paid version. But it was just annoying also for me because I wasn't sure if they are for real and they really want to launch it or they're just, you know, building something on the side without actually committing, you know, to, to anything. So, so when you start charging, you also show that you commit to, to what you're doing. Right. And, and I think right. that this is also a good message for the, for the, for the, for the customers. Now I'm on the other side as a customer, for example, of this app. And I was really frustrated without, without, without any option to pay for this thing and just have it you know, on my computer. Right, right, right. Um, the other thing I'd like to ask you about is the uh, design um, of the UI, which I think is really uh, well done. Um, what was the what was the process for you? Did you go through a series of redesigns with different designers, or 
How did it? How did it go? So the, the the first version was designed by 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 a friend of mine, and then later I was tweaking the design myself. But I'm not a very talented designer, <laughs> to, to say the least. <laughs> and then um, and uh, at some point I just I just realized that I need something something nicer to to, to use. And actually, uh, a friend of mine, uh, two friends of mine who have a design company, they asked me to you know they approached me to to, to work with them. And they 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 wanted you know so much to work on my app so so we decided you know to to work together, and and they designed it and then the, we have we have you know tweaked the UI together and we have made some we have made, it was the first time I, actually in my life that I did some UI tests with 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 um, with users with actual users we actually had some people you know um, uh, who were you know using Nosby and we recorded them on the on the cam and on the the, 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 the screencast how they were using Nosby and and to make sure oh, that really. Was, huh. Yeah, it was it was it was cool fun, and then you could see people actually using and you know getting lost because they could you know start a project because they didn't know where to click or something like that. So it was it was it was lots of fun to to learn and frustration to see that you know people don't understand your UI sometimes, <laughs> um, but it was good to learn, and so we did that. And now, for example, now uh, now we want to do uh, one more one more UI iteration, and and in this and, but for, for this for this for this thing. Uh, I have learned so much that I want to lead this and I'm and I, I actually hired a designer for my company, a full-time designer who will help me out with that. So um and this right now we'll be, we'll, we'll we will be doing this in-house the, the redesign of Nosby. Do you find that having um someone in-house will just allow you to do constant improvements to your mobile and web app is that why you bring them in-house because yes. it sounds like I mean, because obviously that's way more expensive than if you just outsourced it and just to a design firm and paid them, you know, one-time fee or whatever it is. Yes, yes. Uh, but the thing is that you know, um, I'm, I'm always trying to find versatile people who, who are not just committed to one thing or one platform or one, one, you know, one thing. So, so in this sense, uh, a designer is, is, is needed for for also for our our mobile apps, for our Android app that is coming up, and for uh, for all these things. And um, uh, yeah. It's it's just at, at at some point it's just good to have someone that you can rely on and that you have in house and you, you know that you know you send them email and they'll just get back to you with a good design and you, you just know that they're there. It's just more comforting to 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 have them. But I'm I'm, I'm still I'm still I'm I still haven't given up on on my on my uh, principles that I'm I'm trying to hire only when I really need it when I need the person and when I when I really see that it bleeds. So when it really bleeds, then I really hire. Then 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 there's a point when I hire. Are you building uh, your mobile apps uh, natively, or are you using a framework to build them, or are you doing that in uh, HTML, CSS? So the, the the iPhone and iPad apps, we have actually outsourced them. So the, there's different company that's building them, and this this collaboration was very successful, and and then is very successful. They're actually very committed to the platform, and they're actually building a new version of iPad app and iPhone app as we speak right now. That will be released very soon. Uh, but the Android app, we are building this in-house, and we're actually using this new Aptana um, Titanium thing. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, we both <laughs> used that. <laughs> and we've, we've had them on the show as well. Yes, so they are really good. I mean, of course, there are so many bugs there. <laughs> Incredible. Yeah. But, mm. but, it, but it works. I mean, it works. We, have, we are right now testing the final version of the Android app, and it should be in the Android market, if not today, then tomorrow. Um, and uh, it, it, it works very fine. And the, the good thing about it is that it, the app looks really native and you build it with JavaScript. So, so I, I can use the same designers, the same designer developers that I had that I use for, for, for Nosby 
to build the, the Android app. So, um, and we actually get to build lots of libraries, JavaScript libraries, that, are, that can be commonly shared with the web app and with the local Android app. So this actually saves us lots of money and lots of uh, headaches in the future. Would you ever consider consol- consolidating the iPad and the iPhone into the same system, or is it just too good because of these, these external guys who've built something so special? Oh, at this point, I would keep the guys and the, the, the external thing because they are, I mean, we, the collaboration works very well. But in the future, I'm, I never know. But it would be, if I would, you know, if I would have this technology earlier, maybe I would have done it, you know, already in-house. I see. But, but now, as, as it is, it's, it's working, very, working very well for us. But we, I don't know. Maybe in the future, I will, I will think about consolidating it anyway. So, uh, but for now, it's, 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 it's working like that very well. But the, the, this Aptana framework, this something, it's, it's something I, I, I'm really excited about because, it's, it's, of course, it's bleeding edge technology, yeah. but it's something really, really good, really, really cool, and, and saves lots of money and lots of headaches. And I think in the future, can really build you know, great products um, because it's you know the same thing. It's JavaScript, CSS, so it's, yeah. it's standard. So it's, it's something you know everyone, every web developer you know is, is, is um, knows. Yeah, and just to clarify, I think the com- the company is Accelerator. I think they bought Aptana though. Yeah. Oh, right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Of course, it's uh, it's um, Accelerator uh, uh, Titanium. Yes, this is the right. And, yeah, and, and they, they but they bought Aptana. They I bought believe. Aptana. Yes, they bought Aptana. Is the Aptana is the, actually the 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 the, the, the application um, the IDE to to you to, right. to, to to build stuff so so yeah so um I got it wrong so it's actually you're right accelerator titanium something okay so <laughs> Justin I have a couple quick questions um I, I noticed that you have an API to um to Nasby has that affected your revenue in any way or is that just something that it was really convenient to create an API because it works with your mobile apps and your web app and anyone else can use it and it's not really an impact on revenue mm, yeah it's it's convenient to have and there are some things being, being built on the on the api but it's not that big of a thing mm-hmm. again we're not twitter so if if you will be twitter then then yes of course but then twitter backslashes the, the developers but uh, but uh, it's it's not something it's not uh, the, the the large thing of the revenue no Right, and how did your um, mobile apps affect the your revenue growth? Because I've heard that I've heard that other companies have said, "Look, you may not make money for your mobile apps, but you will grow your web app uh, subscription revenue by introducing web apps, making it easier for people to integrate with the service." Yes, that's that's correct. So the thing is that you know, if you don't think about mobile apps. Uh, for example, in my in my field especially, and I uh, have heard some 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 competitors saying, you know, we don't need mobile apps. Uh, so no, you 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 actually need them because people need them. So my, it's not like you know we get lots of revenue from the app store. We get some, uh, but it's not it's not a big thing. But it's, it's 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 something. But on the other hand, we reinforce the users that when they sign up for for paying subscription, they know that they can use it on the iPhone, on the iPad, and on the Android right now. So then they know that they can use it, use it everywhere. And especially with the information that they have in Nosby, they want to be able to access that anywhere. And I know myself, I have an iPhone and I need the iPhone app. So, so it's something you, you actually just, it's just a value added you need to provide to your users to stay competitive and stay, stay, um, stay do, true. Do you charge for the app or do you basically give the app free and then it's people pay through the subscriptions on the main website? So it's a it's a tricky thing right now because uh, on on one hand, for example, the Android app will be free, 
and it will just it will, it will be tied with your Nosby account subscription. So so if you if you just download the app, you can use the Nosby for free or the you know get a trial for thirty days for for free as well, uh, or you, you just log into your Nosby account. Uh, but for example, with the iPhone and iPad app, they're, 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 they they have a price, and it's because of that because you can actually use them without syncing with Nosby.com. So we wanted to compete with other apps that are also standalone apps in the in the in the market. Uh, just to the list and you know project management apps that don't need sync. So in this sense, um, uh, you get uh, you have to pay for 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 the apps in the in the app store. But uh, I, what I was always saying is that uh, the hint for the you know listeners, it, it, it actually the iPhone app is the cheapest way to get a free um, to get a free uh, month. I mean not a free month, but a, the cheaper month in in, in Nosby because the one month of Nosby costs ten dollars per month. But if you get uh, the iPhone app for five bucks, you get, you can sign up from the iPhone app for a free thirty day trial. So you get uh, one month of personal for free. So actually, for five bucks, you get the iPhone app and one month of Nosby. So it's actually do you uh, do you uh, still uh, get a uh, no? Is that in addition to because you the sixty day free trial or is a sixty day free trial more of a limited? No, version? 60, 60 day is the sixty day is the is the money back guarantee. So, okay. so actually, so actually, if you get third day free free trial and then sixty day money back guarantee, so you have ninety days of of trying out Nosby. I hey, okay. do, so so do you always capture money up front? So basically, it's not a free trial. It's you capture money and then you've got sixty days to try it, and we'll give you the money back, kind of thing. Yes. So, so yeah, yeah there's a free plan where there, there's no cost. So it's free plan without any limit. And then there is the personal plan that costs money, so you have to pay up front. And then when you, when you don't like it, you just get the money back. That's that's really interesting because what I've been what I've been thinking and what I've been doing and trying is that people sign up via PayPal, so they initiate a PayPal subscription. They're then using the system for thirty days for free, and then mm-hmm. it basically sends them an email and says, "Okay, you know we're about you're about to be charged." But what you're doing is you're actually taking the money straight straight away, and then. Yep. After sixty, do you do you then charge them after thirty days as well? So they get charged twice, and you'll basically refund them those two months back. Is that how it works? Yes. Oh, that's that's just that is worth admission price alone. Thank you. That was really really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically, I, I then uh, refund two months. Yes. Well, that's interesting because you you kind of have the the sunk cost. You're you're sort of exploiting the sunk cost fallacy. It's like if people are kind of on the fence about something. You know, and then they have to pay for it. They might not do it, but if they've already paid, they're like, "All right, I already paid. I might as well use it." Right? That's right. Yeah, and and you're yes. just sending the thing, and so you know, it's fine. You just give them a refund. That is a very very yeah. nice strategy yeah. that I, and, I don't uh, know why I didn't think of it. About about the refunds, I I, I never get you know I, I never get personal about that. I mean, if if somebody asks somebody asks for a refund, I always get them a refund. I mean, I just don't even I know I ask them politely if they can you know tell me why and and all these things because I want to learn from them what I maybe did wrong or something. But uh, there's no question about it. I mean, I really, you know, when you ask me for a refund, you just get a refund right away. There is no no question about that. I have, I, I do tend to get some angry um, messages from people. So after they get dinged, well, no, I mean, that makes sound like I get a lot. I don't get a lot. I get just, you know, maybe one every two months or something. But you're very but sensitive. I, so I'm very sensitive. I want to I <laughs> get it to be zero. So I'm thinking that maybe this approach that you're taking could get that to a level of zero, which would be very interesting. Yeah, um, because you know, people pay upfront, and so they know they're, they're comfortable that they just paid you, and then you know, and they trust you that you will get the money back if the thing fails. I'm, or I'm just wondering how much conversion ratio that brings the whole thing down. You know, does that 
like the, the number of people that you then get to sign up for those 60 days is it you much see, lower? I mean, this is the thing i mean this is the thing i'm i'm, I'm this is why, for example, I, uh, I'm never crazy about the total number of users because uh, I, I'm, I'm crazy about getting people to actually pay. So this is something where I, I'm, I'm always tweaking my, my, my information and the, the, the thing that the people actually get convinced to actually give, give me a try. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I would have more conversion rate or something if, the, if the, it would be different. But in this sense, I just know that, you know, this is my this is coming in. And the, 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 I know just from cash flow point of view it's even better because you know i get the money already and of course some people want the money back that they will get the money back but you know i think it's a fair deal anyway yeah and one important thing is thinking about what is it you're optimizing and michael is optimizing revenue as opposed to conversion ratio you know i mean who cares if your conversion ratio is lower if your revenue is higher right yeah well the interesting thing is he's saying that he gets something like a 10 you know 10 percent refund 20 percent 20 percent refund rate max now, if oh, you no, 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 I'm sorry, no, 20%, no. Um, 20% uh, conversion ratio, right? Yeah, 20% conversion ratio, and right now it's, it's, a, it's around 5% refund rate. So um, one, one thing also I noticed on your site, uh, Michael, is that you have a lot of screencast tutorials. And I'm wondering how has that affected your, I don't know, conversion ratio and your customer support? Because I know Justin did some uh, a series of screencasts, and and. He, he said it really increased or decreased his customer support uh, load because people could figure things out for themselves much more easily. Yeah, um, yeah uh, you know, in, in my case, I need to teach people because people need to learn getting things done, you know. And, 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 and um, it's, it's, many people don't read the book or have never you know, heard about getting things done. So in my case, I really need to teach people to learn, to learn how to get organized. And, and I think that for, 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 in my case, it really helps because... Uh, if they go somewhere else with the same information, well, well, what can I do? But uh, but people tend to, in my case, what I what I have found out is that people love it. People just love the, love love the free information that I'm giving them, and they appreciate that. And usually, they they stick around because they know that you know I'm the guy who gives them information. So I might I must have I must have really done a great product for that, you know, <laughs> in, right. in this sense. So um, so in my case, it's proven very, you know, very good for, for, for keeping the customers because they know that, you know, they can rely on the information that I give them. Right. Right. And, um, so one last question for you. Um, you have a magazine called productive magazine. Is that right? And I'm yep. wondering, um, why you started it and how has it affected, um, Nasby itself? So I started because I wanted to, 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 to bring, to give more, more value to my users, to, to, to to give them more and more information, more productivity, you know, inspiration, you know, people need inspiration once in a while. So I wanted to, I want, and I'm keeping that uh, in mind that in Proactive Magazine, we try not to cover things that are not timeless. So we try to get timeless information, timeless tips um, that, you know, that, that, you know, when you, for example, right now we'll be, we'll be launching Proactive Magazine 1 on the iPad and the iPad app. And it's, it's been, you know, the, the first issue of Practic Magazine was, you know, from in 2008. And all the articles are still relevant right. uh, at this point. So I wanted to just give my, my users even more, more information, more, more, more inspiration, and then just to show them that I really, I'm really committed to it. And I really want, to get, want, want them to get things done. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe if it will, you know, you know be, become popular, maybe it would just also give me some, rev, some more revenue for Nosby, like promote Nosby. And it hasn't so much. I mean, it has shown some, but what it has done is more, it has reinforced 
um, my users re reinforce my commitment to 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 the to productivity, in in this sense. And um, and also on personal note, I, I got to connect with really great people. You know, doing the magazine, I have really great contributors, great people that I would never get in touch with if I hadn't hadn't done the magazine. So. So it helped me establish my person, my, my personal brand in the in the in the in the field, and also learn from really great people. And um, I think in the long term it might you know help me out with the, with 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 not be users, but it's not something. There's not there's no big conversion rate from the magazine, let's say. Uh, but it's you know, it's something I love to do, and it's something that you know just you know reinforces. It seems like it's a lot of work. I mean, how 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 often do you do you uh, publish an issue? So, so we publish right now. We want to publish. It was it was hard in the beginning, but right now we want to publish an issue every two months, and we are on the on the good track to do that. And um, it has it is some a, a little bit of work, but you know we have good contributors. My assistant is is almost managing the whole thing, and I'm just doing the last check and, and you know compiling the issue, the issue to put the articles in order and and read the articles and really if they, they really qualify. But also my assistant helps me a lot with that. Uh, and then I just have a very talented person who, who compiles the whole thing. And you know, when you delegate the stuff, well, it, it it it's not that much that much of work. And it's but it's really cool because you get really lots of good content, and you can be really picky and choose the, the best articles for each issue. So it's a cool thing. And I get to get any to get I get to interview very cool people as well, just like you do with your podcast. I get to interview with very good people for 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 the magazine. So um, so it's a, I think it's a it's a it's a cool idea anyway. Jason, we, we could keep asking questions for the next two days. <laughs> yeah, I know. I still have some more to ask, but I think you're right. We have to end this at some point. <laughs> well, well, Michael, we really appreciate you uh, spending this much time with us. Um, it was great meeting you, um, and your story is really inspiring because it, it's so on target for the kind of things that we talk about. Yep. And I just think there's so much to learn from your, uh, from your story. So thanks so much for sharing it with us. Thank you. Thank you very much, guys. It was a right. pleasure. And we wish you the best of luck, and uh, you know, hopefully, we have you back again sometime to uh, okay. talk a little more. We'll we'll blitz you with another five thousand questions. <laughs> thanks okay. a lot. Thanks, seriously, thanks a lot for coming on the show. Yeah, thank you very much, guys. It was great. Thanks. All right, that's a wrap. We're out.